prepare your ears for a Waffle Butt Media podcast. Nazis in Northwestern America, my preferred thing to hunt, or a genuine problem that dates back over 150 years? The answer will not surprise you. Find out tonight, America, on America the Podcast. Play me that song that makes my booty shake, Timmy. You mean the theme song? Yes. Well, that's a pretty chill song, man. Well, then we need to speed it up or something, because I want my booty to shake, damn it! Ah, it's good to be back! Hello, America! It's America, the podcast! Yes, yes. So I got about 100 Nazi scalps, but not quite 100. Brad Pitt still has that on me. But, uh, yeah. It was about 95 Nazi scalps. I thought you said you weren't going to kill anybody. Oh, I didn't kill anybody. I just shot them in the knees like Terminator. Well, Terminator 2, anyways. The first Terminator, he... He did kill people. But the point is, I did not. I just shot them in the knees, and then I didn't even take their scalps. I took their hats. And irregardless, I only shot the ones that came at me. It was all self-defense. It's all been cleared up with the police. Don't worry about it. You, insurance, you bought the insurance, right? Yes, I bought the insurance, but now my premiums are going to go up because you shot people. Well, I'm a billionaire, so I'll pay for it, so don't worry. Right now, we need to talk about the Northwest Nazi problem. Is the show going? Are we rolling? Yes, we're rolling. We're always rolling. Well, why didn't you tell me? Hello, America! It's me, the Bastard, and welcome to episode 9 of America, the podcast with me, the Bastard. I would first and foremost like to thank all of you who have been listening thus far the past 9 episodes, and to pre-thank everybody who will be listening to the season finale in 2 weeks, and that better be all of you. And then, of course, the Christmas episode, so... Which will be when... Well, Christmas, man. Like, well, Christmas Eve, basically. It'll go up on the internet around probably 9 o'clock. But I will be sleeping. I need to be asleep before Santa shows up. I'm catching him this year. And we'll be holding him as ransom during this year's war on Christmas. I mean, why would you do that? What what side are you on in this war on Christmas you guys keep talking about? Well, I guess you'll just have to find out on Christmas now, won't you? On America, the podcast with me, the bastard. Right, okay. Well, uh, we're talking about... Nazis in the Northwest, apparently, this episode? Yes, they are running amok up in the Northwest. They're like vermin, like roaches, like Nazis, honestly, like gross Nazis. And yes, I know there are technically different groups, and they like to identify as the alt-right or white supremacist or the Ku Klux Klan, but in my book, if you want to exterminate everybody but white people, you are a Nazi. But I always thought we didn't tolerate Nazis in this country, and I'm not sure what changed, other than the fact that nothing changed and places like Oregon were founded to not allow black people to move there. Wait, really? What the f- Really, man? I- God, I love Portland, though. I, I, I mean, I thought it was just so, you know, accepting of everybody. No, it turns out Portland is not just a place where the weed flows like milk and honey and where Fred Armisen makes quirky sketches for the Independent Film Channel. It is also a land where white supremacy has been deeply rooted since the original settlers moved there. And it perpetuates to this day, despite appearances. Even as recently as May 26, 2017, three men tried to stop a neo-Nazi who was harassing a Muslim woman on a train in Portland, and the neo-Nazi fatally stabbed two of the men. 
One was treated at the hospital and survived. And that was just one attack among many. Since Donald Trump's election, hate crimes have been on the rise. Even within 10 days of his election, the Southern Poverty Law Center reported over 900 hate crimes. Why did you work for him, man? Why, why did you stay there that long? I, I know you're done and you're out and you're part of the resistance, but what... What, what is your explanation? Well, for starters, I lost my phone when my island sank, which you can hear that story by going to bastardvideos.americathepodcast.com. And two, when I got back, I only had a flip phone. I hadn't gotten a smartphone yet because those hadn't been invented by the time I left. And I didn't have a laptop, so I didn't really use the internet. And besides, Donald Trump told me that everything everybody was saying was fake news. And then I used Google for about five minutes and found out I was very wrong. So, as far as continuity is concerned, that is the reason. Right. Okay. Well, keep going, I guess. Right. Well, turns out electing Barack Obama president all those years ago did not solve racism as so many Democrats like to think. It rears its ugly head at us every day and was more or less built into the founding of the country. Now, I could sit here and list off every indiscretion in our history from slavery to Jim Crow to George Wallace, but I'm not going to do that. We've heard those same old stories time and again, and I will not glorify any of those people by continuously naming their names. Instead, today, you get real talk, and specifically the white people. It is time for you to take a stand, and not leaving all of this up to people of color and women. What do I mean by that, you ask? You have many rights, and one of them is to vote. Yet for some reason, the lot of you don't like to do so. Even then, when the lot of you do vote, it seems that the popular vote doesn't actually win. But, uh, you know, electoral college, <laughs> Am I right? Anybody? Up top. No? Yeah, me neither. If you are one of those jaded millennials who thinks their vote doesn't count, well, get your head out of your ass and take a civics class, because it does. In the 2016 election, many politicians, including Hillary Clinton, only lost by a few votes. On top of that, there are many people who live in districts with voter ID laws, a.k.a. voter suppression. There were many instances where over 100,000 people could not even cast their vote during the election. And all of these districts were where Republicans were trying to win and a large percentage of the population was people of color. Things like voter suppression have helped this become rampant. Voter ID laws are put into place in many different counties where people are trying to get Republican votes. It has become so bad that even some judges have struck down these laws for being blatantly racist. The only quote-unquote logical reason for voter suppression is because one side is scared of losing. And it pains me to say this as a Republican, but the last time I checked, the Democrats weren't the ones trying to enforce voter ID laws. And they also weren't the ones sympathizing and making excuses for the alt-right, aka the Nazis. Now I could say hashtag not all Republicans, but that would be doing a disservice because we as Republicans have been this way for a long time. Whenever a highly publicized incident of racism occurs, the Republican establishment routinely rushes to the side of the racists. And I know some of you might actually call that fake news, but it's actually well documented. So what can you as a white Christian Republican, God-fearing American do to curb this? Well, maybe you don't vote for people that were trying to enforce voter ID laws. And if you see anybody being racist, whether it be a family member or anybody on the street, stop it. Call it out and cut it off at the source. Also, maybe stop saying all lives matter. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. 
I mean, when you say all lives matter, all people do is go, oh, that person is an asshole. Like, they looked like one, but now this just confirms it, so. I mean, when it really all boils down to it, if you see something, do something, and go vote. Go vote for people that don't try to oppress other people. And we are going to be discussing this further in two weeks on our final episode of the season on police brutality. But now we will be getting to our interview, which is with who, Timothy? Uh, Stella Arzola. Uh, she's a photographer from Austin, Texas, currently residing in San Antonio, but also lived in Portland and went to school there for a couple of years. And, of course, has some uh, first-hand insight into the Nazi problem up in the Northwest. Well, you enjoy that. Well, I actually go hunt a few more Nazis on my way out to North Korea. Wait, you're, okay, you're going to go hunt more Nazis and then go to, why are you going to North Korea? That's a lot of random things to do. Well, I have actually been tasked with kidnapping Michael Jordan and delivering him to Kim Jong-un as some sort of a peace offering. The fuck? Yeah, Dennis Rodman won't cut it this time. Who the hell tasked you with kidnapping Michael Jordan? Well, it's actually in my contract, unfortunately, that I owe the Trump administration one final favor upon exit, and this is it. So, anything to basically curb nuclear war. I mean, I'm for that, aren't you? I mean, I guess, but you're still working for the man again. Well, unlike my Republican colleagues, I am willing to put aside my personal politics in the name of the country. So, you have fun with the interview, and I'm going to go try and stop a nuclear war that the, well, Republican establishment is more or less indirectly responsible for by allowing Trump to be their candidate for president. So, toodaloo! War! What is it good for? Generate profit! Profit! Oh my god. Profit! Uh, Alright, we'll be right back, everybody. It's America! The Podcast! This episode is brought to you by Lyft. Lyft is a brilliant ride-sharing app that you should use and you should use to get yourself home now. All you need to do is download the app, put in your information, and today use offer code AmericaThePodcast to get money off of your first ride. Simply put in the promo code in the promo code area after putting in your information and request a lift and they will come and pick you up from wherever you are. Whether it be you've had too much drink at the bar or you just need to get a ride to work, Lyft will be there for you. So yes, America, remember to use offer code AmericaThePodcast for money off your first ride and download Lyft today. Thanks for listening and now back to the show. So the Northwest, specifically Portland, Oregon, uh, you wouldn't really pin that place as a haven for white supremacists, but um, as history will tell us, and especially the past year um, with hate crimes on the rise after Trump's election, um, it has definitely become apparent that that is the case. So with me today is a former Portland resident and photographer extraordinaire, Stella Arzola. Say hi, Stella. Hello. So, yeah, Stella used to live in Portland. Now she's back in uh, the Lone Star State living in San Antonio, right? You're just li you're living in San Antonio? Yes. Oh, right. Well, um, yeah, so how long did you live in Portland? Uh, about two and a half years. Right on. You went to, like, school up there and everything? Mm-hmm. Cool. And did you... So, <laughs> this episode, as uh, you heard, um, I say many times already, was just about um, white supremacy in the most unlikely of places, Oregon. Um, 
Did you ever come across any skinheads and Nazis while you were living there? Uh, well, the thing about the Northwest is that it has a very long, long history of um, neo-Nazism and white supremacy, mm-hmm. um, mainly because like the the headquarters of the KKK are in Idaho. Oh wow! Um, I did not know that. Which is not too far away. Um, and there's actually like a whole. I believe it's in the New York Times. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but there's a whole article about it, and it's pretty fascinating. Um, the thing with Portland, though, and Seattle, and all, a lot of those cities up there is there are a lot of left-wing people that live there. They're kind of seen as very liberal and very, like, kind of forward-thinking, um, but there is definitely like a more conservative, more I guess like very racist underbelly mm-hmm. of it all. Um, not a whole lot of people of color in the Northwest. That's kind of one of the reasons why. Right. It was illegal up until 1920 to be black uh, and move there. Um, I believe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and it was like a crime, and it was. Uh, I believe the. I just read earlier that the head Grand Wizard of the Klan in Mississippi uh, moved up there in like in the 70s or something. Or maybe it was recent uh, when he moved up there. But yeah, it's a hotbed. And why do you think that it, like Oregon in general, w- has been mislabeled as that? Is it think just because of Portlandia nowadays? Like that's that's what, I mean, I didn't know any of this before I started going up and hanging out yeah. up there. And then all of a sudden, like after Trump comes around obviously you know there was the events in charlottesville and other marches but then was like oh portland what the hell and like two dudes got stabbed by a crazy nazi guy and i mean right right mm-hmm. after or right before i went there and then there was a rally right after i went there mm-hmm. the, the big one the what was it called the march for <laughs> freedom of speech or some dumb it's like yeah um I forget what he calls it. Yeah, it was Richard um, Spencer, right? It's this guy named... His name is Joey... Hold on. Joey something or another. Yeah, I mean, even speaking of Richard Spencer, he um, three people were yeah, just... Patriot uh, Prayer, Joey Patriot Gibson. Prayer, that's what it's called, yeah. And then yeah, on top of that... is from Seattle. He's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, well, they are all pretty crazy, considering that three men just actually shot at people. I think killed some folks in Florida at uh, Richard Spencer's rally. Mm-hmm. Down there. Um, I don't know if they died. I'm hopefully not, but um, these days, who knows? But um, were you um, around when the rally happened uh, during the the whatever that guy wanted to call it? Um, I was. I, I was around. Um, I didn't go right. obviously to the counter protest. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go to the memorial for the, um, the, uh, Max railway stabbing. Right. Um, but I did have friends that went to the counter protest. Um, mm-hmm. it was pretty nuts. Um, it, there was a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mayor didn't want to grant them a permit. Well, they um, granted the neo-Nazis permits, right? Well, like, there was, 
like like the mayor didn't want to grant uh, the Nazis a permit to oh, okay. assemble. And there was a lot of back and forth. And then mm-hmm. there was a lot of back and forth about like the ACLU and then the whole like, you know, who deserves freedom of speech and so on and so forth. Right. Um, Which is unfortunate. The ACLU has backed like a lot of neo-Nazi groups. They're the ones, uh, the uh, rally where that car charged into those folks and killed Mm -hmm. that poor girl. Uh, The ACLU got them their permit for that. Mm -hmm. Fought for their right to have, which is that real terrible gray area. But um, do you know, are you, what is your thoughts? Because considering with the, you mentioned the counter protests at that rally um, in, in Portland, uh, Antifa, what are your, what are your leanings or thoughts on them? And do you know, do you know anybody that's actively involved potentially? Actually, I do. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of misconce- excuse me, misconceptions and mm-hmm. obviously a lot of information gets misconstrued via a lot of right wing sources. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they like to paint Antifa as, you know, these like violent, like, hoodlums that Mm -hmm. you know dress in black and you know destroy these poor like mom and pop shops and throw bricks (laughs) in through windows and cause mayhem and they're anarchists and that's not necessarily true (laughs) um there are a group called the black block protesters and Mm -hmm. they're the ones that you see with like the bandanas and all black and they're very like they kind of put themselves up on like the front line, so to speak. Um, and are they the ones that get violent, like carrying bats? I know there are some people that like, I've seen, I've seen the bats, I've seen the gas mask, which gas masks are pretty much necessary in some of these things, but, um, yeah, they get violent then. They, they can, Mm -hmm. um, Like. It's basically um, they they tend to be associated with with anarchism mm-hmm. and um, and so forth. Uh, it was kind of developed in the late '80s, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of made up of like a group of uh, basically squatters, right? Um. And they would like picket a lot of um, mo- movements. Uh, I think they gained a lot of attention mm-hmm. in the U.S. during the uh, n- the '99 uh, World Trade Organization protests, the WTO. Uh-huh. Right. Um, that kind of I think became like the big, um, for lack of a better word, uh, that kind of became like the big like a focus for uh american media anyway anyway mm-hmm. um they're not necessarily like so some of them are antifa but it, that's not who antifa is antifa right. obviously means anti-fascist right or like anti-fascism mm-hmm. and basically they're just people who you know to put it very simply you have nazis who are trying to eliminate uh, anyone that they perceive as inferior to them. So basically everyone else that's not them. Right. So like women, minorities, 
you know, people white of different Christian religions. Right. Um, basically anyone that's not white mm-hmm. by their standards and Christian by their mm-hmm. standards or whatever other standards they may have. Right. Um, and Antifa are people who are trying to stop that and say, hey, right. could you not, like, kill us? Thank you. There's one thing that always has driven me crazy about that um, is where they go, well, because there are some violent folks within Antifa like that we've seen, you know, we've seen, you know, a guy throwing a trash can through a Starbucks or something like that, mm-hmm. and which isn't good and like at all, but they go... Oh, well, you know, you, we can make the argument that there's oh, there's some bad people in there, true, that don't represent them as a whole. And then they go, well, you can use that same argument against that guy that plowed through those people in Charlottesville, except that you can't use that because their side is the one advocating for the extermination of everybody. And Tifa is <laughs> advocating for maybe sometimes violently to not have that happen for equal rights to everybody to get rid of fascism. And how that can keeps getting misconstrued is just absolutely beyond me. But another yeah, thing too, um, um, I would I, I would completely agree. I think trying to e- equate those two movements somehow is completely idiotic. Right, and people do, and it's so it's so baffling. I just I'm I can't comprehend some of the things that go on now. But it's just like it's. Do you think that all of this, um, since Trump was elected with Char- and then Charlottesville and all these little Nazi things popping up over time, over the, at least the past year, is it? It's definitely always been there. Is this? Hopefully, could this be like a festering wound that is just about to heal, maybe, or is this like the new normal? Um, I mean, as cynical as I get sometimes, which mm-hmm. is a lot. It's kind of a norm nowadays. Um, I like to try to remain somewhat optimistic. Um, Mm. You know, yeah, there's all this talk about like trying to, you know, build a wall around our country and all sorts of nonsense and deporting a ton of like perfectly legal citizens Mm -hmm. um, and so forth. But I think the projection is by, I believe, at least 2030. Um, you know, the overwhelming majority of America is going to be multicultural right? and, and multiracial. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they can't kick us all out. Right. Exactly. Like, you know. there's a great video. If, uh, any listeners out there are fans of Adam ruins everything on, uh, building the wall and deportation and how it just basically doesn't work. And why none of this, these ideals that these people not everybody on the right. I can't say it's everybody on the right. It's definitely the Nazis, though, hold true. It's just, it's it sucks that we need to say that their ideals are dumb and illogical and don't make sense, like to anybody but a mentally disturbed, crazy person, racist, crazy person at that. Like, uh, it's so disconcerting. Um, but I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to be cynical about it at all. I truly think that we. I think this is the festering wound about to heal kind of a thing. Like we cut open the the crap and are about are just hopefully documenting all the stupidity and cutting it out. Um, and I think like that's kind of why there's, I mean, obviously Trump gave them a, a large platform to come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been kind of hiding in for the past couple decades. Um, and I think, um, 
they I think they know I mean especially with their stupid chant of like you will not replace us and all right. this stuff and I think that they are going to get replaced and they know mm-hmm. that and that's why they're freaking out and trying to like scare people and so forth and it's right. it's like we saw in um I believe it was Boston where you know um a ton of counter protesters came out and trapped them in a gazebo and it was glorious that was so funny it was yeah it was upwards of like thirty thousand people that came out and the amount of alt-right people yeah i mean it was enough to barely fill the gazebo like it i think this was 22 people or 12 people i know there's a two in there but not a lot definitely less than 50 but yeah, it's that. So is that is that a way to curb this? Like, how how can this be curbed? It's like I we mean, we look at po- Portland and everything. Like, I love Portland. You know, like the bastard says, like it, the weed flows like milk and honey, and it's a great, beautiful place to live. And like when I walked through there, it kind of shocked me too. After all this, when especially when Trump got elected, um, and then you hear about all this racism in Portland. Like we walked by a the LGBT Chamber of Commerce. We see Black Lives Matter signs in almost every window downtown and throughout neighborhoods. And then when I heard this, when I heard that there's a Nazi problem, a white supremacy problem, I was like, is it what? How is it so misconstrued? And is go go with me on that one real quick. And then we'll get to that other question. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's what threw me off so much. Like I what what is what is up? What am I not? What am I missing when I go there and see Um, something like that? Well, the thing is, um, there's a there's a really great article in I believe Politico, mm-hmm. and I think it talks. I think it's so it's something along the lines of like, oh, do you want to see where the worst racists live, or something along those lines? Mm-hmm. Like, go to the Northwest, and then. Because right. um, I know there's a really, lot of backwoods areas out there, so which I guess is the breeding ground, maybe. Yeah, but. like there's there's a group. Uh, that operates on a lot of these like kind of underground message boards. They're called the Northwest Front. Oh God. Um, they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they have like members from like all over, like all all kinds of um, of different hate groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's more information on the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center website. Yes, please go um, there and educate Which yourself. is not a hate group, by the yeah. way. It is a database. Ugh. How do they... Who called... Who's calling them a hate group now? More Nazis, I assume. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm not going to dignify that with a, anything. God. But yeah, so the back... So, okay, what can we do to curb this then? Like, to make, like... Portland and Oregon and the Northwest and everywhere else like that's supposed to be this peace loving thing like is is showing up like at to these protests like because protests they worked in the 60s I have a in a way in a slightly cynical way almost feel they don't work enough now like you know what I mean like people can Mm -hmm. yell all they want like during Occupy Wall Street nothing changed after that granted there was no real organization but I remember the video of like the bankers on top of Bank of America just taking pictures of all the protests on the street while they're drinking champagne. It's a bewildering video. But think, like, and so what else can be done other than just showing up? I mean, scaring the Nazis to death like they did in Boston was great, but. Um, I think, and again, this is strictly my opinion. That's fine. It's um, an opinion show. 
you know, I'm not trying to say like I have all the answers or any of that type of thing. Um, but I think for the most part, um, again, back to that whole paradox of free speech, mm-hmm. I really believe we need to stop giving them a platform. Right. I think we need to stop letting people like Richard Spencer onto college campuses. Mm-hmm. I think we need to stop letting them assemble on college campuses as what happened with my own college at Evergreen. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, they tried to dox students. The Nazis did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Holy crap. I didn't know that part of it. I just knew that they had done um, all that. Stuff. You know, and, and everything just got completely blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Um, I think we need to, you know, we need to stop electing terrible people. Right. Um, you know, and that, that gets a little bit more complicated, especially Mm -hmm. in areas where voter suppression really is a huge problem. Right. And that's in a lot, especially the South, but is voter suppression a problem in Oregon? I wouldn't think it would be. Yeah. It's mostly Democratic, right? Which is Um, also kind of crazy. It's there's, I know there's a, I visited their, um, the Capitol and it's most like the government there seems pretty on point where it's two year terms um, and you have absolutely have to show up and vote kind of a thing. And which is a result, there's more Democrats than there are Republicans because it's, it's kind of astonishing mm-hmm. um, living in a place where the local government actually does its job. Right. Right. That's <laughs> like, I like, was like, what an is this? actual like competent governor? Uh huh. <laughs> Like it, it kind of freaked me out. I was like, I didn't feel like it was an American one in that building. The building is very intimidating. <laughs> if you've ever been to the Oregon State Capitol, it's very stone and marble and large mm-hmm. and creepy, <laughs> but it's pretty cool inside. And uh, but yeah, and so that basically stay informed is the answer here. That what on this show we try and figure out how can we fix America in the next you know few minutes. <laughs> I think. Um... <laughs> like, I think we definitely need to stop letting it fall on the responsibility of women and minorities. I think people with privilege do need to kind of step up and kind of take, take the weight off of our shoulders, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Because our voices are obviously not being heard enough and they're not being taken seriously. You guys have mandatory or not mandatory voting, but um, uh, mail-in ballots in Oregon, right? Yeah. Yeah. See that in my, my personal thing, that would be one of the biggest things to curb this problem right quick, because most people, like you said, with the voter suppression, with, you know, ID laws, we have ID laws here in Texas and across the country and lots of places. That has been one of the biggest issues that, you know, was a hundred thousand people didn't get to vote in North mm-hmm. Carolina or what was it? Or was it one of the Carolinas or is the East Coast city? Like just couldn't vote. Like their votes were not able to happen because they put some voter ID law in place, and it would have been the difference between a you know a Democrat and a Republican in that seat in Congress that year. Like, um, it's it's you know like obviously re- redistricting mm-hmm. needs to be addressed. It's a huge problem, especially here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I mean, I know 
Australia, again, is a radically different country than America. Um, they obviously have a very different culture, very different government um, for the most part. However, they have manda- they have co- compulsory voting. Yeah, like, Brazil it, it's mandatory. Too. And people think, like, you know, it's some sort of, you know, nanny state, big brother type of thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, actually. Like, for example, I mean, you, they make it extremely convenient to vote like it's usually on a weekend when right typically no one is working for again for the most part um you know they have it's pretty much like 24 7 in terms of like the hours i don't know if it's exactly 24 7 but like they have very late hours mm-hmm. that you can show up um you, you can do it like a number of different ways um there are people there to like assist you and help you if you have questions. I mean, like they make it very accessible. You know, they have, you know, usually the, the locations where the voting is taking place is usually like very convenient, you know, for people who don't have cars, you know, they, they set up ways to basically get you there. Like they make it very easy to vote. And even then, even if you didn't like any of the candidates or whatever, you know, you could literally just, like, write something really snarky on the ballot and say, mm-hmm. you know, like, Mickey oh, Mouse. these people suck or whatever, and right. it won't actually count against you. Right. Yeah, you can, I mean, it's your vote, like, that's in Brazil, they do the same thing, like, um, my uh, girlfriend is from there, and they're telling me that, uh, you know, like five Barack Obamas were running last time. Like there's like, you know, a hundred people that are, are in the initial ballot that are running for president. You'll see a bunch of just ridiculous people in costume running because it's compulsory. Like you have to vote, but then they mm-hmm. do how we do um, round voting. Like how they, I think that's how they did it. In, they do it in France where it's, um, there's like a second round of voting where they nix all the people that didn't get, you know, above 20% or something like that. And, or whatever arbitrary margin is. And, uh, then you have the actual election. Granted, Brazil's pretty damn corrupt, so they're basically a bad example on that. But compulsory, like th- this, is what's always baffled me about the where why voter suppression happens and why so many people don't know how like or can't vote. It's not that they don't want to. Lots of people do. The thing is, you know, it's it, the only logical explanation to make voting not easy, like to where it's not like Australia and we're getting everybody out to vote and yada, yada, yada. The only reason, logical reason I can think of is because one side is scared of losing. And the Absolutely. only side, the only side that doesn't advocate for voter IDs and everything else are the Democrats. Like, yeah, it uh, I I'm trying to be bipartisan in some aspects, but that is just it's plain and clear as day. So, like, I know there are Republicans that listen to this show, but you got to, like, know that that is the case. Like, no Democrat is trying to suppress votes. Granted, Democrats take place in gerrymandering. They're just as bad as Republicans sometimes. But at the end of the day, those people aren't the ones trying to suppress votes, kill the planet, and, you know, not have some sort of, you know, gun control. And they aren't the ones that are saying that they're wanting to purify the race and purify the country and have our own white state or something like that. I mean, there's even, I'm sure you know about this too, in uh, Idaho, where you uh-huh. said the clan, the clan headquarters is apparently, um, there is, uh, it's like an invite only town, like a white 
gun owning Christian town that's like wants to have a wall put around it and mm-hmm. uh, secede from the union. I think too. I don't remember what it like. I think it's called Prosperity, which makes so much sense for them to call it that. But it's like yeah. It's like I hate to make this comparison, but it's also kind of ironic. Um, okay, it's kind of like their white version of Israel. Right, a little bit. Where they they walled itself <laughs> in. I mean, like it, it's which again I mean, is kind of weird because they're all a bunch of like anti-Semitists. Exactly. But, <laughs> like uh, they just don't know how like everybody is in the same way. Just trying to wall themselves off, but um, but I mean, you know, that is obviously completely useless when mm-hmm. you know the uh, um, sixty meter colossal titan comes and peers over the wall. Exactly. <laughs> God, I love that show, and nobody else knows what that reference means. <laughs> <laughs> anime, yeah. reference, just anime nerds, if you're out there, watch Attack on Titan. Um, but yeah, so basically what we learned today, America, is that to fix the problem, you have to attack the problem. Not violently, but through voting and through informing yourself um, and through not being a son of a bitch and, you know, showing up to a Nazi rally to say that we need to purify the races. Um, which is also, real quick before we end this, um, I learned something uh the Vox, um, one of my least favorite news uh, periodicals, but they're still uh, pretty on point sometimes, of why people, why it's so hard to um, talk to people on the other side. Um, like if I was a liberal trying to talk to an alt-right person, which is a lot of the case sometimes, it's tribalism, um, where you are constantly being bombarded. I mean, we all talk about, well, we live in our own little bubble, even Stella mm-hmm. and I, we both live in a bubble in a way, but at the same time, I can see another, uh, the, another side of an argument, unless you are talking about killing off an entire, you know, section of humanity, then your, your thing is null and void to me. But with these people, they can't see the other side because of their tribalism, because they are constantly, it just doesn't make sense. It's like trying to tell them that blue is green. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like where they, their whole tribe has set in this, they call the color green blue, but you know that the color green is the color green. And th- this is also probably a terrible example, <laughs> but basically you have to get them to see your point from their perspective. And that is the challenge that I have for all of you and for all of us here today, because it is definitely that a challenge to have basically a Nazi see your side from their point of view. So uh, do you have anything else to add, Stella, before we go off and become American again? Um, Black lives matter. Black lives do matter. Very, very well. All right, everybody, we want to thank you once again for joining us and listening to us this whole time. Uh, thank you once again, Stella, for uh, coming on the show and talking with us. Thank you for having me. Please remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please leave us a review in iTunes. It helps with our placement um, in the iTunes 
charts and um, you can also catch Bastard video messages on our off weeks. Um, so next week at bastardvideos.americathepodcast.com and the America the Podcast Funny or Die in YouTube pages. So yes, thank you once again and um, have a good night, America. We will see you again for the season finale in two weeks. Have a good night. America! It's America! The Podcast!